Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. So I I tried to watch Powerless the other day. Okay. And I made it through maybe two-thirds of the episode. And? And then I stopped watching Just couldn't take it? I did not enjoy it. Really? Yeah. It was, there was nothing, I couldn't find anything that was really all that funny about it. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I thought it was very nonsensical and okay. very over the top, which is exactly what I expected from mm-hmm. it. And then, well, that's kind of what I expected too, but I, I was like, I was waiting for there to be, I was waiting for something to make me laugh out loud. And like, I went into it knowing this is going to be over the top, this is going to be silly, but just all of the all of the little jokes completely fell flat for me. Like I didn't even I didn't even chuckle at most of them. You know, they were talking the one time they're talking about oh you what do you want us to do? Think outside the box? You're like, yeah, think outside the box. Well, the job I'm working on right now is a box. And I'm just like, no, no. And like all the other little comments like that. I mean, some of the stuff with Alan Tudyk and you know, making his comments about Bruce, like all the stuff we talk about Bruce Wayne and, you know, he's trying to fake that Bruce Wayne is on the phone. And some of that was kind of funny, but for the most part, I just was like, eh, Do I don't know. find it that the jokes were too predictable? I think so. Like, I think I could tell a mile away what joke was coming. And I was like, hmm, okay. And I, maybe I was, maybe it was just wrong frame of mind, to watch it that night, maybe I need to give it another try. But you know, I was, I was. Yeah, not, I mean, I'll give it another couple episodes and yeah. see how it pans out. Yeah, I was, I was not impressed. But I'll, I'll maybe try another one and see. And try to finish it some other time. Uh, anyway, we are not the Powerless Podcast. Were we recording the whole thing? We were recording that whole time. Oh, hey, yeah. everybody. hey, everybody, there's people here. Hey, what are you doing here? Um, they were hiding in the corner. Um, what about the body in the closet? We don't talk about that. Sorry. Until it starts to smell, we don't talk about it. Oh, okay. Um, we are the 30-something movie podcast, so we're not the Powerless Podcast. I don't know if there is a Powerless Podcast. We're not going to start one, um, but no. we are the 30-something movie podcast. Are we powerless to start a we are, powerless I, podcast? I think we would be powerless to start. Yes. Oh, then we're fine. We're okay. Okay. So this time around, we're going to be talking about Moonstruck. Let um, me know when you want me to start mooning. Okay. Well... Seeing as how we're recording in school, let's not go with. <laughs> let's do that. Let's not do that here. Oh, okay. You know, go drive around when you're on the field trip tomorrow on the bus. Then you can do that. <laughs> Duh. There you go. That's the appropriate time to do that. There's no field trip um, tomorrow. Or was I not invited? Oh, you weren't invited. That explains and, why. And you well, still weren't invited. <laughs> that explains why I didn't have any students. There today. you go. Well, that you know, marking everybody just, absent. You just thought it was an off day. Um, oh, so with the, me, it usually is an off day. Well, that time I came in on a Saturday. Where is everybody? Um, 
We did actually have a teacher one time that I think they, what did they do? They fell asleep in their classroom grading papers, and they woke up at 6.30 at night and thought it was 6.30 the next morning. And so they started getting ready for their class. Yeah. Wah, wah. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, that's why you don't fall asleep at school. That's just sad. So anyway, we are, uh, we're, we're not going to fall asleep here at school. We're going to be talking about Moonstruck. This is episode number 113 for the uh, 30-something movie podcast. This one will be coming out on February 15th. So happy belated Valentine's Day. Oh, oh yeah. Hope you all had a lovely Valentine's Day. And if you think Valentine's Day sucks because you don't have anybody, happy, glad that it's over, Valentine's Day. Yeah, I hope and, you enjoyed your pizza for one. There's nothing wrong with a pizza for one. <laughs> Clearly. We did not get the so, bodies we had you know, because uh, we had a belief like that. Mm-mm, yeah. Um, so if you had Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day. If you hate Valentine's Day, good thing it's over. Uh, you can look forward to St. Patrick's Day, which everyone loves. Well, everyone loves Patrick. Well, that's true, too. I mean, Patrick is not here today. I have here with me today Jeff. Hi. Okay. It's going to be Jeff and I, um, and we're going to be talking Moonstruck. And uh, I don't know if Dennis, Dennis may join us a little bit later, maybe not, but we'll see. Um, and uh, Bo, is, Bo is out this time, so it's just the two of us. Um, but very, very quickly, we're going to tell you that we do spoil all the events of the movies that we talk about. So if you haven't seen Moonstruck, then you know, forget it, because we're going to talk all about it. Um, and we may talk about some other movies here and there, too. So just be forewarned, we do spoil stuff. Um, also, if you have not yet, please feel free to go subscribe to our show. Give us a rating in iTunes. We would really appreciate that. We want to know how we're doing. We want to know how you're liking the show. So if you can give us a rating in iTunes, please let us know. I rated um, us in iTunes. Did you really? I did. That's awesome. I think I gave. Thank you. I don't know how many stars I gave. Well, I hope it was five. I don't know if I did. It was four. It may have been, just to be a dick. What? Whatever. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to go rate you in the iTunes store, and I'm going to give you two stars. I'm not in the iTunes store. Well, you will be. Wait, what? What are you planning? I'm going to put you in the iTunes store, and I'm going to rate you two stars. I mean, but... Chew on that for a while. Man. Uh, well, I don't think we have any new movie news this time around. Not doesn't seem like a whole lot's happened. We had a whole flurry of stuff there for a while, but it's been kind of quiet lately. So uh, until that brand new Star Wars trailer comes out, then I guess we'll... Any word but, on when that's happening? Uh, you know what? I heard rumors that it is probably going to happen during... Um, uh, Disney has their big convention. I think they call it like D23. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget when that is. I want to say it's like April. But I feel like the last thing I heard was that they were going to be doing a trailer in April, maybe at the D- D23 convention. Um, yeah, so I, I thought I read somewhere. Now it says here that D23 is in July, but I thought I read somewhere that they were thinking maybe in April. Um, I mean, the original, I, I know that they pushed back some stuff because the original teaser for The Force Awakens came out during, like, Thanksgiving weekend, um, the year that that came out. But I know they pushed all that back because Rogue One came out. You know what? The very first Rogue One trailer came out in the first week of April last year. So okay. probably sometime in April. That'd be my guess. Um Oh, you know what? There is a rumor. I'm seeing that there's a rumor here that they could put a teaser trailer on uh, Beauty and the Beast, and that comes out on March 17th. Okay, I'm so. looking. I'm so looking forward to seeing Beauty and the Beast. It looks good. It looks really good. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Star Wars Celebration. 
not D twenty three, Star Wars Celebration. Ah, okay. Yeah, and that's in April. So they'll either they'll probably either do it with Beauty and the Beast because that'll be a big one. I imagine a lot of people will go see, and then um, they might do. They might even do another one at Celebration, or they might just wait until Celebration to do it then. But So probably, if, if you're looking forward to that as much as we are, probably looking at either mid-March or early April for the Star Wars trailer. This time around, we are talking Moonstruck. Uh, Moonstruck came out December 16th, 1987, rated PG, uh, directed and produced by Norman Jewison. Uh, he also directed and produced The Thomas Crown Affair, the 1968 version, Fiddler on the Roof, and Jesus Christ, Superstar. One of my favorite musical movies ever. Um, and favorite musicals. Got to see that on stage a little while back. Uh, Patrick Palmer was also a producer for this one. Uh, he produced Mermaids, Blade Two, and Hellboy. That's quite the collection. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> I was looking at that and was like, huh. Run through that one again. Uh, well, he did some other ones, too, but um, the Mermaids. ones I have written Mermaids, Blade 2, and Hellboy. That's that's quite the... Uh, mm-hmm. quite and, the and, and Moonstruck, obviously. Quite the spectrum of mm-hmm. genre. Uh-huh. Uh, writer on this one is John Patrick Shanley. He also did Joe vs. the Volcano, Alive, Congo, and Doubt. Um, music was done by Dick Hyman, who did Zelig and the Purple Rose of Cairo. Uh, budget was $15 million. Box office was $91.6 million. So this one did all right. Uh, starring Cher as Loretta Castorini. She was in Mask, Mermaids, Tea with Mussolini. Nicolas Cage as Ronnie Camareri. He was in Leaving Las Vegas, Raising Arizona, The Rock, Face Off, National Treasure movies. Uh, Vincent Gardinia. He died in 1992. He played Cosmo Castorini. He was in The Hustler, Death Wish, and Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, Olympia Dukakis played Rose Castorini. She was in Look Who's Talking and Steel Magnolias. Danny Aiello played Mr. Johnny Camerini. He was in The Godfather Part Two, Once Upon a Time in America, and Do the Right Thing. John Mahoney played Perry, who was in The Manhattan Project, Frasier, Eight Men Out, The Hudsucker Proxy, and The American President. Louis Gus, who died in 2008, played Raymond Capamaggi. He was in Highlander, Girl Fight, The Yards. Julie Bovasso. Died in 1991. She played Rita Capamaggi. She was in Saturday Night Fever, Staying Alive, The Verdict, and Wise Guys. Theodore Ch- is it Chalapin. Chalapin? I, I messed that up when we did it for Name of the Rose, and I messed it up again. Theodore Chialapin Jr. You're consistent. I am consistent in my So there's mistakes. something to be said about that. That's fine. Uh, he died in 1992. He played the old man, or the father of the family. Um, the Name of the Rose and The Church. Anita Gillette played Mona. She was in 30 Rock, Modern Family, and Blue Bloods. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it a 92%. Audience gave it an 80%. Siskel and Ebert both gave it four stars. Uh, Siskel said, um, This movie, which is being sold as a romance, but actually is one of the funniest pictures to come out in quite some time, Cher is the nominal star of what turns out to be a terrific ensemble piece about a bunch of tough-as-nails Italian characters living in New York. Ebert said, I was struck by how subtle and gentle it is, despite all the noise and emotion, how it loves its characters and refuses to limit their personalities to a few comic traits. CinemaScore gave it an A-. Awards for this one, it won Oscars for Best Actress, Cher, Best Supporting Actress, uh, and Best Screenplay, John Patrick Shanley. Won the Golden Globe for Best Actress, Cher, uh, Best Supporting Actress, Olympia Dukakis, and it had many other wins and nominations for other awards. Uh, Loretta Castorini is a bookkeeper living in New York who's just gotten engaged to a man she doesn't love. When she calls on his estranged brother to invite him to the wedding, she finds more than she bargained for and begins to fall in love with him. In the midst of all this, everyone around her seems to be struggling with their own search for love. 
The moon brings the woman to the man. Capisci? The moon is a little like love. Will you marry me? I will marry you. I will be your wife. You love him, Loretta? No. Good. When you love him, they drive you crazy. Sometimes. Why you marrying Johnny? He's a fool. It makes you act a little crazy. Where are you taking me? To the bed. I love you. What? Snap out of it. I'm confused. They say there's nothing new under the sun. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <clears throat> but under the moon, that's another story. You love him, Loretta? No, I love him awful. Oh, God, that's too bad. Cher, Nicolas Cage, in a Norman Jewison film. A la familia, eh? A la familia. So the original title of this one was going to be The Bride and the Wolf, but apparently the director thought that sounded a little bit too much like a horror movie, so they decided to focus instead on the moon as the driving image of the movie and went with Moonstruck instead. Uh, Nicolas Cage did not want to make Moonstruck, but he claims his agent forced him to. Uh, When the movie came out, he wasn't really sure what to think of it. It was not the type of movie he wanted to make at the time. Uh, apparently the bakery in the movie, Camerari Brothers, was in business from 1921 until it closed in 1998. Then it re- moved to a different location uh, for a while and stayed open for a few years, but was forced to file bankruptcy in 2013. Um, uh, the thing I read kind of claimed that the only reason it stayed open that long was because of tourists who came because of this movie. Uh, Cher said that she had no frame of reference for how an Italian family worked, so she based it off of what she remembered from her ex-husband Sonny Bono's family. Uh, Danny Aiello, who plays Johnny Camerari in this movie, did not like the movie. He felt it portrayed him as a wimp and that people in real life treated him negatively because of that, although he did admit he did admit that it eventually opened up opportunities for him in more comedic roles later on. Uh, Nicolas Cage originally tried to have his character Ronnie speak like a wolf. The performance was not good and they started to look to replace him, so he decided to drop the gravelly voice so that he could stay in the movie. Alrighty. That's all I got in terms of background stuff on this one. Well, thanks um, for joining us, everyone. It's, yeah, it's been a, a wonderful time having you with it's, us. It's been great. Is this the first time you saw this? Uh, from top to bottom, yes. Okay. I'd seen clips of it, Okay. but I'd never sat down to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, maybe if I'd seen this in the 80s and could appreciate the time period and context from which it came, I might have enjoyed it more. Okay. But I didn't really get much out of this movie. Okay. I thought that um, it played like a series of vignettes, mm-hmm. and I just didn't—I didn't understand how to connect all of it together. 
So, you know, the characters were very caricature-ish. Um, but I, you know, I, I didn't find myself caring about any of them. I thought it was really weird how um, Cher's character, after meeting Nick Cage's character, was like already sleeping with them and was okay with that. And you know, they they had one conversation in the basement of the bakery, and then they're together, and then they can't be together, but they can't not be together. That's how love works, Jeff. I don't think it is, John. <laughs> no? No. You have just one conversation in the bakery and then... No. No? It's not how I get my buns. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know. See what I did there? Yeah, I saw what you did there. Okay. So now... Yeah, I just... I, I, I don't know. It didn't... The movie really didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, I kind of felt the same way. It was... I had never seen this movie before. Um... I, I think the only thing I knew of this movie was seeing clips from, I don't know, maybe some kind some kind of montage from somewhere, and it had the scene of, of Cher yelling, snap out of it. And I think that's mm-hmm. the most that I had said, that one famous line from the movie. I think that's the most I'd ever seen of this movie. Um, I'd seen the cover of the DVD like everywhere, like video stores or whatever. I remember the cover of the DVD with her kind of dancing in front of the moon, uh, on the cover of it, but other than that, I had never really watched it before. Um, Sharon, my wife, said that her grandmother really, really liked this movie and had owned it, and, and that they she had watched it with her um, once before, but she really enjoyed it. And I think that's because it was, you know, because it had the Italian family in it. And mm-hmm. it had, you know, kind of a lot of that Italian family piece in it. And, um, you know, so I, I think... I think that had a bit of nostalgia in it, but again, I had never seen it before. I, I thought it was fine. You know, I thought it was funny. It had some funny moments in it, and um, I kind of agree with you that the characters were a little, a little over the top. Not a little over the top. Uh, that's from like you done with OTT. That's like three weeks ago, but um, yeah, it, it, there was not enough arm wrestling in this movie. If there had been more or arm trucks. wrestling or trucks, there could have been more trucks and more arm wrestling. I think that's what this movie needed. I, you know, that might have been a better backstory for why Nicolas Cage lost fingers. Could have been an arm wrestling accident. Yeah, mm-hmm. his hand snapped right off, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like in The Fly. Oh, see, this yeah. is like blowing my mind now. I, it's it's all connected. So, oh, it's more connected than Moonstruck was by itself. Well, that may be true. That may be true. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of felt that, like you said, I kind of felt they were a little bit of caricatures. Um, I thought it was, you know, I thought the dynamic of the of the Italian family was kind of, you know, it was kind of fun to watch, kind of funny to watch. You know, that's my wife and, and her family. You know, they when they see movies like that, they kind of laugh because you know that that's kind of like. I mean, that's the way their family was and behaves, and I don't come from an Italian family, so mm-hmm. it allows me to look at that and say, oh, yeah, that's some of the crazy things that I remember first coming into an Italian family, and they eat dinner a lot louder than my family did. You know, we, that is we, we, true. We were kind of quiet. As it? an Italian, <laughs> I, can, I can definitely say that that is true. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more volume I think and maybe movement involved in uh, if I had Italian watched dinner. if I had watched Moonstruck before coming over to when my wife and I were still dating in high school before coming over to her grandmother's house for the first time I might have not been quite <laughs> had quite so much culture shock if I had watched something like Moonstruck before that and like seen how the hands fly and the voices get louder and the and because I remember one of the first times leaving um, her grandmother's house or her family's house was like 
was everybody angry at each other? And she's like, no, why? It just seemed like everybody was angry. It just, there was a lot, voices got louder. And well, it- <laughs> kind of like when, uh, when Pat and I were talking about Indiana Jones. Right. So he and I, that was a regular conversation. Oh, yeah. You and Dennis kept inching out of the room a little right. bit. Like, whoa, that's not when when my family eats. Like, we've got our mouths are so stuffed with full. We don't so stuffed with food. We don't talk. So that's it's a little different to <laughs> to have all those all those type of interactions. So I, that to me, even though the characters are caricatures of the people that they're supposed to be, um, that part I thought was funny. You know, I, I I did like that part, but I I kind of agree with you that I think the the love story of it all fell flat. Oh, absolutely. For me. Like, I, I, I didn't believe any of the love story. Right. The... More of the, like, the, the little side characters. I, I almost cared more about them. Like, the one older man that... Uh, I'm gonna, I, I keep getting the names wrong. Um, the Kapamajis, uh, Raymond and Rita. Mm-hmm. Kapamaji, he was the one that kept telling the story about the moon. Mm-hmm. Wake up. What? Look. Oh. Hmm. It's Cosmo's moon. What are you talking about? Cosmo can't own the moon. It's that moon I was talking about at dinner. Hmm. Um, I, I cared more about them. Like, I thought they were more interesting characters than Cher's character and Nicolas Cage's character and... The rest of that was just kind of I, the movie. Yeah, the, the movie the, was happening, but I didn't really. The care supporting about. actors did a lot to keep the movie going. Mm-hmm. But if it just had to rest on the laurels of of Cher and Nick Cage, I don't necessarily know that this movie could have done anything. Mm-hmm. You, you almost needed those other characters there to give you the juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat and I were talking, and and hopefully he can clarify this when uh, when we record next, if I misquote him. But he and I were discussing, you know, do any of the characters have any merit at all? And we we were hard pressed to come up with, other than the couple that runs the store. Mm-hmm. There weren't really that many characters that you were like, I like them. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Olympia Dukakis. I was going to say the mother, but but, the, but then she but, was just kind of sad and resigned. And but not only that, when uh, John Mahoney was walking her home, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't let him upstairs. Right. And I'm trying to remember how Pat and I worded this, and you know, was it out of a sense of love and appreciation for her husband, or was it out of a sense of she knew what she would do if she did? Mm-hmm. And that goes, you know, two entirely different directions. Right. I think she said something like, uh, "I can't." You know, can I come in? I can't. Um, you know, why can't she? What's stopping her? Mm-hmm. You know, is it uh, the the moral sense of duty to her husband who is cheating on her anyway? Right. Or that she knows it. The fact that she knows that she would cheat just as much if she was truly given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I guess she can't invite me. No, people. No, I think the house is empty. I can't invite you in because I'm married. Because I know who I am. Shiver. I'm a little cold. <laughs> You're a little boy, and you like to be bad. 
go to my apartment. You can see how the other half lives. I'm too old for you. I'm too old for me. That's my predicament. Um, and that's, you know, open to interpretation. We don't really know... Um, we don't, you know, we don't know what the answer to that would be. We don't know too much about her character to come up with a final decision about that. But all the other characters, I just, I didn't want to root for them. Yeah. None of them seemed like good people. Um, you know, maybe Johnny. No, not so much. I mean, he yeah. loses... He loses his, any credibil- credibility he has when he comes home and says, oh, my mom is living. Now I can't marry you. No, that, I mean, that, as far as I know, that's not how love works. Right. When he was, I mean, the whole very first part of the movie where she has to tell him, she has to tell him how to you know, propose to someone. Mm-hmm. She's like, he doesn't have, he doesn't get down on one knee. He doesn't have a ring. He doesn't, I, I wasn't entirely sure what that was supposed to show. Was that supposed to criticize, I don't know, is there supposed to be some image of a macho Italian man that's not going to get down on one knee? He's not going to ruin his suit to get down on one knee? Is it, is it, was it trying to show that? But he's, he ended up getting down on one knee anyway I because know. she told him to. Right. And he you know, took the pinky ring off of his finger. Mm-hmm. Have some dessert. No, I shouldn't. Will you marry me? What? Huh? Will you marry me? Bobo, take the card away. Very good, Mr. Loretta. Are you proposing marriage to me? Yes. All right. You know I was married and that my husband died, but what you don't know is I think he and I had bad luck. What do you mean? Well, we got married down at the city hall, and I, I think it gave bad luck the whole marriage. I, I don't understand. Right from the start, we didn't do it right, okay? Could you kneel down? On the floor? Yeah, on the floor. This is a good suit. I know that. I helped you pick it out. It came with two pairs of pants. You know, Johnny, it's for luck. I mean, a man proposes marriage to a woman, he should kneel down. She's got him on his knees. He's ruining his suit. Is that man praying? So. Where's the ring? The ring. A ring. That's right. I would have sprung for the ring if it was me. Kabish. You could use your pinky ring. I like this ring. You propose marriage to a woman, you should offer her a ring of engagement. Um, but I mean, he was kind of a pushover. Right. You know, he he doesn't make his own decisions. Right. And now, thinking about that scene and the one where he comes home and says, oh, Mama's alive, so now I'm not allowed to marry you. Right. He's clearly not making if any decisions. I marry decisions. you, she's going to die. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know, all the characters just seem sort of scuzzy. Like, the dad mm-hmm. is cheating the whole time. And even that scene when, when they meet up in the opera. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I go home. Okay. Yeah. What? That and that's the end of it. There's no, mm-hmm. there was no blow up. There was no discussion. Right. I just, it didn't seem very real. Yeah. And um, Katie and I watched this together, 
and we we were talking about it, and she brought up a good point too. She said she felt very let down by the ending. Hmm. They're all sitting around the kitchen table, and they're all just waiting for uh, for Johnny to show up. Yeah. And every time the the doorbell rings, it's somebody that's not Johnny. Yeah. And then they end up being in the house and waiting as well, and just waiting around, waiting around, waiting around. So it's this huge buildup for mm-hmm. this moment that you just think, okay, all the poop's gonna hit the this fan. It's gonna be a fight. <laughs> and he walks in, and I can't marry you. Oh, okay. Hey, can I have the ring? Right. Yeah. Will you marry me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't feel bad about it. Have some champagne. Right. Credits. Right. Hey, big happy Italian family. And, it was just, and I was just like, what, yeah. is, what is going on here? Like, yeah. why is everyone it was a weird, yeah. so, so flat and so emotionless in this whole thing? Especially for Italians. Italians are not emotionless people. Right. Let me tell you. Um, this seemed like some of those, you know, some of like the more absurd movies. I would expect I mean, a story like this seemed like it would be more of like a French movie. To me, with like with the way some of the characters are, I I think of some of the absurd French movies, and how the characters are very, almost a little over the top, and they're they're almost like caricatures, and you have the situations that kind of work out like that. It's like, oh, I can't marry you because Mama will die if I marry you. Can I marry you? Can I borrow a ring? Can I do it? You know, and then it just kind of all works out in the end. It just it's making me think of like some French movies that I've seen that are that have these absurd situations. And everything just kind of works out in the end, and it's mm-hmm. all fine. But yeah, it was it was a very yeah, strange. I, mean, if I felt like the disruptions were far too gone to be wrapped up that easily, mm-hmm. and that calmly. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I don't think I. I don't have a problem with it as a movie. I, I didn't mind it as a movie. Like I didn't dislike it. I'll say that, and I didn't dislike it as a movie. I thought there were parts that were funny. It was enjoyable enough that I, you know, I didn't feel like I had wasted. An hour and a half to two hours, whatever it was. But I, you know, it's not one that I'm ever going to list on my, you know, top 50 movies of all time. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go back to that and say, what are some of the greatest romantic comedies? I'm not going to give it four stars like Siskel and Ebert did. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was enjoyable. Um, there yeah, were parts, There were parts that were sweet and parts I'd that love were cute. To, I'd love to take a look at what was out in theaters around the same time. Mm-hmm. And maybe a month or two beforehand. Because didn't one of them say that this was the best comedy they've seen in a while? What is going on in movie in movie houses that this comes out and, and people start losing their crap for it? Mm-hmm. Also, it was very interesting to see Nick Cage actually trying to act. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since he's acted in a movie as opposed to just been in a movie well he yeah well yeah and this and actually that was one of sharon's questions was was this before or after um raising arizona because she felt he looked younger in this than he did in raising arizona but raising arizona actually came out first Hmm. so maybe maybe my nature does draw me to you that don't mean i have to go with it i can take hold of myself and i can say yes to some things and no to other things that are going to ruin everything i can do that Otherwise, you know, what What good is this stupid life that God gave us? I mean, for what? Are you listening to me? Yeah. Everything seems like nothing to me now. I guess I want you in my bed. I don't care if I burn in hell. I don't care if you burn in hell. 
The past and the future is a, a joke to me now. I see that they're nothing. I see they ain't here. The only thing that's here is you and me. I want to go home. No. I'm going to go home. No. I'm freezing to death. Come upstairs. I don't care why you come. No, that's not what I mean. Loretta, I love you. Not, not like they told you love is. And I didn't know this either. But love don't make things nice. It ruins everything. It breaks your heart. It makes things a mess. We, we aren't here to make things perfect. Snowflakes are perfect. Stars are perfect. Not us. Not us. We are here to ruin ourselves and, and to break our hearts and love the wrong people and, and die. I mean that the storybooks are bullshit. Now I want you to come upstairs with me and and get in my bed. But yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. I, I, just, I, just, I just I don't know what it is about this movie that mm-hmm. Siskel and Ebert were overjoyed with. Yeah. And what has made it, it it won Oscars. Yeah, for and, and you know what made it such a memorable classic for people. Yeah. I just I didn't see it. Like I said, so maybe had I been old enough to appreciate it when it first came out. Maybe I could understand it a little bit better, but for what it is now in 2017, I don't know if I'm going to run out and put this one on again anytime soon. Yeah. Do you have a favorite scene in the movie? I'm supposed to have to think this hard about it. Probably <laughs> oh, I know. not. I'm, I'm trying uh, to think about that too. I'm like, I, you know, do I, I have I, a favorite scene in the movie? I, I did enjoy the buildup. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the kitchen table waiting for Johnny to come. Okay, yeah. Um, I was let down by the, by the resolution of it. Mm-hmm. But I thought, it, you know, it was kind of funny. You know, everyone that you can think of is showing up at the house except the one person that they're waiting for mm-hmm. to uh, to resolve everything. Um, but again, it was more just vignettes that yeah. sort of stood on their own as opposed to a scene necessary for telling the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I really have a, a, a favorite. Seeing the opera was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I enjoy theater, so yeah, that helped. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I tried to think if I had a favorite scene. I can't think of. Can't think of a favorite scene in it. Um, I, the old men all standing around the grave was kind of funny. Yeah. But I, other than that, I mean, if, I, if I'm going to go with something, I'll go with that one. But other than that, I, I can't think of anything that would jump out at me as a, a favorite scene in this one. Um, all right, so uh, not necessarily on a tangent, but on the same topic here. Um, the American Film Institute listed Moonstruck as the number eight romantic comedy film in their top ten. So my question for you is, what are your top three romantic comedies? Uh, <laughs> crap. Uh, and I've top I, I thought about three this one for a little bit, but I was having rom coms. Mm-hmm. This list will be interchangeable for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But some that come to mind are about a boy. Okay. Um, Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. And 
You've got mail. Okay. Is any one of those your runaway favorite? Um, maybe either Sleepless in Seattle or You've Got Mail. Back when Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan still had chemistry and, um, no, I, I, I enjoy both of those movies and I enjoy About a Boy. About a Boy had a much different tone to it, but I think, um, to, to appreciate it, uh, for what it is, I think it's a great rom-com. And it's not one that I'll watch all the time, mm-hmm. uh, nor near as frequently as I might put on Sleepless or You've Got Mail. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. How about you? Okay. I And I had to think about this for a while because I had to, just a whole bunch of them. I, I know this is not Pat's genre, so I know. He, he couldn't be here tonight because one of the kids was sick and he had to stay home, but I think that he probably isn't going to lose sleep over missing talking about romantic comedies anytime soon. Um but I had to think about this one for a little bit, and I, I came up with I came up with three. And again, like you said, I you know if you ask me this again next week, I probably would think of another one that I forgot. Um, I would say uh, Pretty Woman would be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Princess Bride. Oh yeah, if I, if I can count that one as a romantic comedy. I kind of feel like it's rom- yeah romantic adventure comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chasing Amy. Would you count that as a romantic comedy? I don't know if I would. Okay. I think I'd call it more of a drama. Okay. Than a comedy. Okay. And I don't know if I'm just compared to other uh, Askew movies. Yeah. I think it's a bit more serious okay. than the likes of Mallrats and Clerks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still, I mean, it's it's my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Oh yeah. No. I, um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, if you won't give me that one, yeah. So then... I, I don't know if I'd if I'd call it a comedy. Okay. It's it's comedic, but I think like Princess mm-hmm. Bride, it would be mm-hmm. romantic comedy slash something something else. else. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, since you won't give me that one, probably one of the Aliens versus Predator movies because those were funny. And you love them. <laughs> and and there there. There was a love story involved. It was the the aliens love to procreate, and the action and acting was funny. I don't think you understand romantic comedy. I'm, I'm as using a term. I'm using that as an example, so you'll let me accept chasing Amy as a romantic. Uh, no, you know what? <laughs> Just for that, try again, buddy. Oh, I'm going to hold you to this. Oh one. man! All right. Um, I mean, let's, so let's let's do sixteen candles. I like 16 Candles. Okay. I'll, I'll, that I'll do that one. I'll pick that one. Yeah, I'll go 16 Candles. That'll be my third one. Okay. So I was going to say, if... If, if, if you weren't a stickler, then I would do Chasing Amy, but... Well, if I wasn't a stickler, then I'd throw Casablanca on there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. Right. But I don't consider that a rom-com. It's well, more true. of a rom-drom. Right. Did I just invent a new... I think you just did. Either that or it's something from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> a rom-drom. I'm going to look that up. Number one, go to warp speed. The rom drums are attacking. I'm not coming up with anything on the interwebs that say rom drum is a. Okay, you just made it up. Rom drum, right there. Uh, no. No? Crap, you were so close. I was. I was, that was, was, was going to be my, my thing, I, too. I, that was going to bring you up one more star in your rating on iTunes that I was going to give you. I was going to give you a three star rating because you made up rom drum. I just have to take one away. Well. 
All right. We'll try harder next time. Mm. Not necessary. No? Okay. All right. You got anything else you want to say about Moonstruck? Um, Were you struck by Moonstruck? No. no. I was disappointed by Moonstruck. Okay. I mean, it's just, you know, again, it's one of those movies you hear a lot of people talk about, and you see the one clip of, mm-hmm. of Nick Cage getting smacked across the face. Snap out of it! Mm-hmm. Played over and over again right. anytime anyone is talking about Moonstruck. I'd never seen it completely before, and I was really looking forward to seeing, you know, what the hype was about. And I just felt let down by it. Mm-hmm. And maybe, if, you know, it's had 30 years to get overhyped mm-hmm. or something along those lines. But um, no, I just don't think it was for me. I don't think I'm going to be putting it on again. Okay. Or if I am, maybe I'll try to go into it with a different frame of mind and just see maybe I missed out on something you know mm-hmm. even even the theme of the moon was mm-hmm. almost forced it seemed a little forced in, yeah. in, into the movie yeah like you had the one guy talking about the moon and that's about it yeah yeah I, 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 mean, I think I feel the same way it's just it seemed it was it was a nice movie I, I don't plan on watching it again it was okay it had funny parts there were parts that I laughed and um, but you know I, there were just it wasn't anything that I would say is really memorable for yeah. me. And I, I, I look at it and I think, you know, that, that Cher won an Oscar for it. And I think, I, I don't know. Who is she up against? I don't know. That I don't year. know how she won an Oscar for this. But it was the 60th Academy Awards. And she was up against uh, Glenn Close for Fatal Attraction. Holly Hunter, Broadcast News. Sally Kirkland, uh, Anna, and Meryl Streep in Ironweed. So Glenn Close, Holly Hunter, Sally Kirkland, and Meryl Streep. That's that's some heavy <laughs> company. That's, that's some heavy wow. hitters there. So, huh? And I will admit, I have not seen any of those other movies. So, and neither have I. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't feel like. I feel like maybe that's a maybe it's a little overrated. That. I don't know that I felt like her performance was all that amazing. Yeah, like so unless that was an off year for Glenn Close <laughs> and Meryl Streep and Holly Hunter, then I'm just trying to wrap my head around what it was about this movie, about the performance mm-hmm. that people seem to really dig. Yeah. So if anyone listening has a a different opinion than we do, by all means, please call, email. Yeah, we'd like to know. Uh, tweet something because we, you know maybe we missed a big plot point somewhere that helps tie it all together so yeah. if anyone knows something else please do not hesitate to call in and say that we are completely wrong and stupid we, we don't mind being proven wrong I mean I, I don't I don't know that I want to be called stupid but John you're stupid shut up see it doesn't hurt that bad no I'm just going to eat my feelings later or now. <laughs> or both. Yeah, or both. Why stop? Um, yeah, no, I, yeah. If, so if you've got something different, uh, if you have a different take on this movie, if this is one of your favorite movies ever, uh, we'd love to hear from you because we want to, you know, we want to hear the other side of this. So let us know. Tweet us, email us, call us, uh, you know, get in touch with us somehow. Let us know what you think. Um, otherwise, that's going to do it for Moonstruck uh, this time around. So we will see you back next week. Let's see. What are we doing next week? We are 
Next week is Summer School. Again, another movie I have not seen before. So, And maybe a bit of a stretch for romantic comedy, but we had to fit this into the February somehow. Keep your expectations low. Okay. All right. <laughs> a ringing endorsement from Jeff Mazuka. No, it's... It, I mean, it's... I've watched this movie many times, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those that's it's so stupid and silly, mm-hmm. and you just put it on. And my wife really likes NCIS. Will she appreciate that Gibbs is in this movie? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll see how that comes out then. Um, so, and, and sometime soon, I, I don't know exactly when. So next week may be summer school, or it may be the Lego Batman movie. Uh, I don't know exactly <sighs> when we're. Are you going to go see that? I'd like to. Yeah. Yeah. If I can find time. Okay. All right. I'm going to start getting really busy soon with uh, the play at school. Okay. So my time is going to be... Let me, let me know when you go see it, because then we can we can, um, we can talk about it. But between that and Logan and oh, man. Beauty and the Beast... I think we just need to make a trip to like all go see Logan together. Maybe we'll just let's take a personal day. Let's do it. Just go see some movies. Well, Logan's going to be that weekend that we have a long weekend. We have a long weekend that weekend? I think so. Comes out March third, doesn't it? Yeah. Isn't that the uh, isn't that like Casimir Pulaski? For those of you not living in Chicago, <laughs> yeah, don't mind us. We have a holiday that celebrates a, a Polish person that nobody remembers what he did. Was he Revolutionary War? Uh, it is Pulaski weekend. Is it Pulaski weekend? Yeah. Score. He gave us fabric. Woohoo! Casimir. Kaz- Kaz- that's not true. You tell me. <laughs> Wasn't he like a revolutionary? I'm not from Chicago. I can tell you all about Texas history. Can you? It was drilled into me since I was in kindergarten. Drilled into you like an oil well in the middle of that's, the, that's the, right. of the how, sandy how, desert. How about them cowboys? We're not even going to talk about that because that would have been a much better I went to a bar problem. called Cowboys in, uh, in Texas. Yeah? Was it? A lot of drunk cowboys. Not what you expected? Well, I think going, going to a bar in Texas is never going to be what you well, expect no, yes. when, when you're a Chicagoan. Well, that's that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's a long weekend. So we should just, we should just plan to like all go see it together, and then we can record afterwards. Yeah. We'll work out the logistics later. You folks don't have to, unless you want to email us and tell us what we should do. Uh, feel free to do that because we're compliant. So feel yeah, free to do I that. I mean, we're married. We're well, used to being bossed. We'll, we'll we'll follow directions. We do it anyway. Um, so anyway, sometime in the next week or so, we probably will either get uh, a summer school episode or you will get Lego Batman episode. We're not quite sure when we're going to record that yet, so look for that. Uh, you'll probably hear about that if you're following us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, and thank you again. We have now over 200 followers. So again, that's not a lot for other podcasts and other things where you, people have like 3 billion followers. But We have over 200? We have over 200 now. That's outstanding. We had, even just a few weeks ago, we, we had just passed 100. And now we've like shot ahead. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Give us so, a call. We'll put you on the air. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so next time we'll have one of those two episodes uh, for you. But follow us on Twitter, and then we'll be able to give you an update as quick as we know. Give us a five-star uh, review one. and give us a call, yeah. and we'll send Pat over to your house. Absolutely. Because he likes people. He's, he's nice. He's a people person. He's, he's, a, he's a wonderful conversationalist. Uh, and a beautiful singing voice, too. So, um, as far as I know. Um, but, uh, what? I've heard him sing. Oh, it's not that good? 
Well, I figure he's a know. band. Well, he's a band teacher. He plays he's, trumpet really well. He's, he's much. He's, he's much phenomenal. better. Phenomenal. He's much better with his he, instrument. So okay, he's incredibly humble about it, mm-hmm. but he is a phenomenal trumpet player. Oh yeah, he is. I think I've heard him play he's once. He's incredible, yeah. and I wish he'd stop being all like, "Oh well, you know, I'm I'm better than some and not as great as others." No, he's no, fantastic. He's, 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 Patrick, you're fantastic. Yeah, we love you, Pat. We should just have him come on and play the trumpet sometime, just for fun. Maybe we should have him write a new intro to the show. Do play, we play have the any movies that have a score that feature a trumpet? Like what? I don't know, but we will. I will find one just for the sake of it. come out because I think the theme from JFK featured a trumpet. Okay. Well, we'll look that up, and then we'll see if we can get Pat on here to, to do it. No, an, we do will get Pat. We on will here. get Pat on here. It will today. happen. Maybe we can. <gasps> Superman. He could have like that with the Superman intro. Yes. Done. When we do Superman 4 or the Bollywood Superman, Pat is going to be here. Do we have to do Superman 4? <laughs> I think that's what Christopher Reeve said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, I read yeah. the script and I'm wondering, yeah. <laughs> is this a movie we have to be doing? Uh, yeah. Tell you what I'd do. I'd get Superman. Movie. Okay. <laughs> that's months from now. Uh, that is also a comedy, but we'll get there later. Um, <laughs> an unintended comedy. <laughs> it didn't mean to be. <laughs> it didn't mean to be a comedy. But, um, but anyway, it's a social commentary comedy. Uh, a SOCOM com. So social commentary. Yes. SOCOCOM? SOCOCOM. SOCOCOM. It sounds Japanese. Um, By the way, Pulaski is praised for his contributions to the U.S. military and the American Revolution. Known as the father of the American cavalry. Hot dog. That's right. You have hot dogs? I wish I did. Such a tease. No, I'm sorry. Sure. All right. But I see I got that right. I'm not even from Chicago and I got that right. Skills. Just thinking about hot dogs. Skill. Okay. We're going to go find a hot dog. Uh, We'll leave the rest of you to email us or or give us a rating on iTunes. But until next time, uh, be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. Bye. Lucky fella. When the stars make it true Just like pasta fuzzle That's amore That's amore When you dance down the street With the cloud at your feet You're in love When you walk in a dream But you know you're not dreaming, Signore. Excuse me, but you see back in What the hell happened to you? I really don't know where to start. Your hair's different. Ma, everything is different. Are you drunk? No, are you drunk? No. But I have a hangover. Where's Pa? Upstairs. Johnny Camareri showed up last night. What? He's in Sicily. No more, he's not. Well, he's with his dying mother in Sicily. She recovered. She was dying. It was a miracle. A miracle? This is modern times. There ain't supposed to be miracles no more. Well, I guess it ain't modern times in Sicily. He came right from the airport. He wanted to talk to you. You got a love bite on your neck. He's coming back this morning. What's the matter with you? Your life's going down the toilet. Cover up that damn thing. Come on, put some makeup on. All right. Oh.